Hello. Uh, can you hear yourself okay? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you actually do sound like you did when you were 10. I know I do. That's why I'm laughing. You lost your lisp. I know. I had an ulcer on my tongue the other day and I had it back. You had your lisp back? Lisping. Talking more, yeah. Talking. Talking. You guys are talking. We are talking. Oh, really? A lot of talkers. I would agree with that. This podcast <laughs> is called Erase the Filter. Erase the Filter. Erase the Filter. The summer of 2021 feels like it finally came to a close. It lasted well into October this year. And the summer that rolled along ended that day to give way to the fall. In the early 2000s, I wrote a concept album called Boredom Breeds Curiosity. It's not available anywhere, maybe someday it will be. It was about my first 30 years broken into three acts, one for each decade. In Act Two is a song about the summer after graduating from high school, 1989. I walked out the door for the last time And I turned to raise a fist With tears in our eyes We said our goodbyes Took our names off of the list. Regardless of what happened to you the summer that you graduated from high school, I feel like for many people, like my friends here at the Candy Factory, it's a very memorable summer. Well, it was in England, so it was quite rainy. Um, but we went to, it was like the first time me and all my friends went to festivals. And the first festival we went to was this festival called Sunrise Festival. And it was like just down the road. And we all set up a tent there and we were very excited because we hadn't been to a festival before. And then the whole thing rained and became very muddy. And it was like big welly boots with like mud up to your knees. But we stayed there. The summer after high school graduation was like riding to the top of a roller coaster. I didn't yet know what that plunge was going to be like, but riding it down has been a wonderful experience since then. Within a month of graduating high school, I was on a trip to Europe. And I was on a tour that had a choir and a band, and I sang in the choir. My own high school choir director directed it. So the summer after my high school graduation... Our family went with three other families to the Sleeping Bear Dunes in Lake Michigan for a week's vacation. And while everybody else stayed in cabins, my mother was not a cabin person, so we stayed in a hotel down the road. Well, it turned out to be a great choice because that was also the summer of Princess Di and Prince Charles' wedding. And it was two days after my birthday, and everybody came to our room because we had a TV in the room to watch the wedding. So that's what I remember about that summer, is watching that wedding. Spending the summer driving around with friends, getting to know my new girlfriend, using my mom's convertible with the top down, even getting my motorcycle license. Um, The summer after my graduation from high school, I, um, I had another month of a job which was working for my father at Brogan Cadillac Oldsmobile in Ridgewood as a switchboard operator. Um, I did that for another month. Hours and hours and hours a day where only men worked in the shop and we weren't allowed to talk to the men because they were um, Negroes and uh, we were not allowed to talk to them. My best friend at the time was a secret um, guy 
um, who work there, and we were, we never told my father that we were friends, and we were the best of friends. And um, his name was Sammy Potter, and uh, Sammy lived in a. I had city taken German all through high school. Home. My parents grew up Amish, so I grew up hearing Pennsylvania Dutch, which is a dialect of German. And so when it was time for our choir to learn proper pronunciation in German, the choir director called on me because I knew it and could teach it. And so... Um, Sammy the was the one that said to me, uh, stop working for your father, you'll be stuck there forever. Uh, go learn to be a teacher. Um, I have um, a god, my godfather is principal of a school in the city that I was never supposed to go to and he hired me and in a, in a public school and it was just a fantastic opportunity and I learned about different cultures. Lots of freedom, lots of experiences, lots of fun. The younger of my two daughters graduated from high school this year, 32 years after I did. For me, the summer after high school felt no different than the fall during the end of high school. That is because of COVID because during school I was virtual so I literally did school for like 30 minutes in a day and then I just lived my life and I worked and that's exactly what I did during the summer after high school except at the school part except the school part but I barely did that your whole senior year pretty much yeah after you graduated mm -hmm. how long did it take you to realize that you never had to go back until my friends started going to school. Yeah, that's always the case. Yeah, because all of a sudden my friends were like up and moving. And I was like, oh, I don't have to do that. And they were like, oh yeah, I'm scheduling my classes. And um, so that's when I realized, oh, maybe I should start doing something else with my life. So that's when I got another job. And I was like, okay, like this makes sense. So then it felt a little bit different. Do you feel completely disconnected from school now? Yes. Underneath houses, we sang with a voice that no one heard before. The music we made when we played all night showed me an open door. 1989. During that summer, I started to write music. My mother spent most of the summer in Florida since her job as a school teacher afforded her summers off. My dad was a salesman on the road for days at a time. My job at my uncle and grandfather's auto parts store kept me busy during the day, but after a few hours of sleep in the evenings, the boys would come over and we'd write music and jam until the sun came up. The basement was our bunker, a creative haven surrounded by earth filled with the sounds of our instruments and the smoke from our cigarettes. And I found salvation in the same room In music that sang from our amps For a few short months, I was the master of my world. There was nothing I had to do that I hadn't done before. Nineteen eighty-five Chevy Celebrity Eurosport white with a sunroof. Capri cigarettes, extra slim, free from coupons, cut out of magazines at the library. Disintegration, green, love and rockets, nothing shocking, don't tell a soul. Strange ways, here we come. Lori and me, daydreaming about the uncertain future, realizing what we had missed. Swimming the same deep water as her, we knew it would come. 
to this. The summer of 1989 ended. I went off to college at the end of August to Clarion University of Pennsylvania. I had been to a summer orientation. I bought a pack of cigarettes from a vending machine in the student center. The day I moved into my dorm, Campbell Hall, I walked across the street to buy a fresh pack, but the machine was gone. So I went back to my floor, and to my pleasant surprise, I smelled cigarette smoke coming from the first room by the stairs. I introduced myself and bummed a smoke from Dave Bellard, who would soon become known as Gordo, a future jester, a longtime collaborator, and a contributor to this podcast. I walked down the hall for the first time and read the first page of my book. The jester looked up when I walked in his room. I said, hey, can I borrow a smoke? And the summer that rolled along ended that day to give way to the fall. The summer that rolled along Ended that day in silence Thank you to Mabel, William, Lori, Brenda, PK, and Jaina for sharing thoughts about the summer after graduation. We closed the summer of 2021 walking the streets of the city by the lake. Breathing, loving, scheming. Baths, the way the Greeks used to do it. Tapas at Meerkat, apps at the first draft, art on the streets, tea from Zuzu's, comedy at Timothy O'Toole's, lunch with an old friend by the park. Chicago. Speaking of summer, 1991, 30 years ago. I spent the summer between my sophomore and junior year of college in Fox Chapel, a wealthy suburb outside of Pittsburgh. It was my second summer as a waiter at the Pittsburgh Field Club, where my uncle was the assistant manager. I wasn't a good waiter, and I knew it. So did everyone else, but I managed. I stayed on the club grounds in an old dorm-turned-wash house at the end of a long parking lot. Concrete blocks, shared bathroom, no HVAC to speak of. It was called the Monkey House. That's a story for another time. Only a handful of us stayed in the monkey house, a dishwasher, a tennis pro or two, a bartender. It got really quiet up there at night. It was peaceful and it was creative. I had been messing around with cassette four track recorders for a couple of years at that point, but with some cash in my pocket and the famous Pittsburgh music store pianos and stuff only a couple of towns over in Blonox, I was able to upgrade my gear with a Boss DR550 drum machine,
a digital effects processor, and an Audio-Technica microphone that I still have to this day. I recorded a full album that summer called Homicidal Wristwatch, in between shifts at the club and rehearsals with a band called Totem Spoon. Homicidal Wristwatch was a watershed moment for me musically. It wasn't the first recordings I had done, but I finally found like I had the tools to make a song in my head come to life on tape and sound like I imagined. It was a great summer. Homicidal wristwatch isn't available anywhere either, but maybe someday. Like I'm going, who's this guy? It was a huge year for music in general. Maybe the biggest in my lifetime and possibly second only to the late 60s just before I arrived on the planet. When you realize the albums that were released in 1991, it's mind blowing. Nevermind by Nirvana, Octung Baby by U2, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, The Red Hot Chili Peppers, Cypress Hill self-titled debut, Out of Time by R.E.M., Metallica's Black Album, Low End Theory by A Tribe Called Quest, Bad Motor Finger by Soundgard, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 by Guns N' Roses, OG Original Gangster by Ice-T, Blue Lines by Massive Attack, 10 by Pearl Jam, Gish by Smashing Pumpkin, and many, many more. I'm just scratching the surface. I have this theory about 1991. 1991 is in the middle of a golden era of contemporary popular music. 1987 to 1995 produced some of the greatest artists and most important records that inspired the next three decades of music across a number of genres. I feel like that era was second only to 20 years prior from 67 to 75, when we heard some of the greatest albums by some of the greatest bands of all time. Was 87 to 95 really a golden era in music? I asked three of my friends who also graduated from high school during that era to chime in and decide if it's true or if we're just being nostalgic. I like to use a phrase like a glacial moment. You know, like the Beatles were a glacier. The, the, the musical it's called the, uh, the golden era of, of hip-hop uh, for a reason. You know, It's actually where, where popular culture has embraced these things that were so radical and different. And the but that conversation is for next time. This is Jason Mundock. Thanks for listening to Erase the Filter. Show notes can be found at erasethefilter.com. And if you have feedback about the show, feel free to email me at jmundock, J-M-U-N-D-O-K, at gmail.com. And always remember, open your mind, be yourself, erase the filter.